Heidi Harris. This is the Heidi Harris Show podcast. I do these a couple of times a week. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts. You can also find these at HeidiHarris.com or you can listen to my live Sunday show in addition, of course, in St. Louis on 97.1 FM Talk, Sunday night, 7 to 9 St. Louis time. This last Sunday, I had a great conversation once again with Dr. Kelly Victory, this time about the Omicron virus. So I'm going to play the audio from my show, including the intro of my show in St. Louis. Here we go. The Heidi Harris Show. Hello, St. Louis! Heidi Harris. The Heidi Harris Show is on the air. Good evening, St. Louis. How are you? You know, just when you thought you were going to have a nice Christmas, come on. Did you really think that for one second? Did you think they were going to leave you alone with Christmas? Oh, no way. No way. So now we've got the Omicron. I, I like to read the Drudge Report when these kinds of things happen. Because, you know, if you read only Drudge, and I know a lot of people don't anymore because of his anti-Trump stance, but I like to read it just out of amusement anymore. Because if you only read Drudge and you didn't know anything about America, you would assume the whole world was falling apart. We all hated each other. It's crazy. Omicron panic. Fauci opens the door to lockdowns. More travel restrictions. The Dow has dropped. Vaccine stocks are up. I mean, it's crazy. Should we be concerned about the Omicron variant in South Africa now? I'm hearing today there were a couple of cases in the UK and one case in Canada. Oh, my gosh. Dr. Kelly Victory is here. I'm so thrilled to have her. And she's been on with me many times, been on my podcast, been on my live show many, many times. She's been a physician. She's been a physician for over 30 years, although she doesn't look like it. She's board certified in trauma and emergency specialists and all kinds of things that she's done. Emergency management is one of her specialties. And she's been following this COVID situation with hashtag facts, not fear since day one. She's here to provide that again. How are you, doctor? Thanks for being here. I'm well. Thanks for having me, Heidi. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. I did. And, you know, they weren't going to let us rest, were they? They had to come up with some kind of variant or something to make everybody scurry back into their houses or something. Well, the interesting thing is that a new variant should be no surprise to anyone. As I've said from the very beginning, and this is the fact, this is the science, viruses mutate. All viruses mutate. Coronaviruses happen to be very good at it. They do it more quickly than other viruses. So the fact that there's a new variant down the block, thank God we've got a long Greek alphabet because there, <laughs> this isn't the last variant that's going to come along. The reality is, and what is so frustrating and so ridiculous, is that their immediate response is quick panic. There's a new variant. Well, why should we panic? You know, the, the virus is doing what viruses do. They mutate. The great news, Heidi, is that with extraordinarily rare exception, really reportably rare exception, when viruses mutate, they do two things. They become, number one, more contagious, more transmissible, easier to pass to other people. And the other thing they do is they become less lethal, less right. virulent at the same time. So why retreat immediately to, to panic, lockdowns, wear the masks again? Oh, my God, need to, you know, re-up our stocks of Purell and hand sanitizer and lock down <laughs> the churches and schools. I mean, the, the virus is doing, we have, at least at this point, unless somebody shows me some data that this is one of the, you know, 0.00001% of all viruses that do something other than what I just described, meaning becoming more contagious but less 
severe, less lethal, unless somebody shows me evidence of that, why are we immediately going to, you know, red alert? Yeah, I don't understand it. Well, of course, we could all decide whether or not the big pharma people need another yacht or whatever it might be. But it, And I've only seen a few reports. I've seen a lot of reports on it. But w- when you break it down to what they're saying, by the way, we're speaking with Dr. Kelly Victory. She's a board-certified physician, has been for 30 years. You know, it, it's interesting. You and I have been talking about this for almost two years now. Hard to believe, right? Two weeks to flatten the curve. Wasn't that it? Yeah. Right? <laughs> Yeah, 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 we're yeah, we're now 23 months into 2 weeks to flatten the curve. Yeah, something like that. And then I was listening to some of the reports on this and trying to be objective about it and they were saying, "Oh, well, we're seeing different symptoms, we're seeing but people are just basically fatigued and they're going home and they're getting over it." So, if you listen to what they're saying, even if you if you can believe that or not, it, they're not saying it's any worse. They are saying it's more contagious, which is what you've been saying the entire time. You and I've been talking over a couple of years now. You've said that from day one. It can be sometimes more uh, spread more easily when it gets uh, you know when they have a variant. But it's we're not hearing that it's killing people. We're not hearing it's more lethal. We're hearing it's got different symptoms. Okay, so once again, what's the fear coming from? And that's and what you are doing. You're hitting the nail on the head. This is sins of omission and lack of giving anyone any perspective. So they will say, for example, the common headline is, you know, strange new symptoms. Yeah, the strange new <laughs> symptoms are that it's really getting closer and closer to the common cold. Okay, I, and I'm not making light of it. The symptoms are extremely mild in every case thus far that's been reported of the new Omicron variant. Okay. Or you'll see a fear headline that says that this one is twice as transmissible as Delta. Okay, that's exactly what we'd expect from a typical viral mutation. It gets more contagious. The great news is at the same time, it becomes less significant. It's why things like the common cold or pink eye, another common virus uh, that causes conjunctivitis, they are wildly contagious. But nobody dies of pink eye. Right. Okay. It's irritating. It's highly contagious, but it's extremely, extremely uh, mild or non-lethal as as viruses go. So another thing I've heard uh, reported a lot, they're saying this is we should be terrified because this one has far more mutations. There are more genetic (laughs) variations in Omicron than Delta, twice as many, as a matter of fact. Well, what they fail to do is give you any perspective. Let's compare the mutation Delta to the original Wuhan very the original Wuhan virus, which has been gone for a long time. Delta differed from the original one by 0.03%. Wow. Okay. So if Omicron's twice that, oh my God, it's a 0.06% difference. <laughs> wow. Let's hit the you know the panic button. Again. Now, I, like a good scientist and good physician, I am watching extremely closely all the cases that are coming in, all the reports, reading the studies, looking at the actual science, what is the data. And believe me, if someone all of a sudden presents to me some cases that have really weird symptoms, symptoms that we should be worried about, or some evidence that this viral mutation, variation, is doing something out of the ordinary that leads me to believe that, oh, this is something different. This might be something to worry about. I'll be the first to say so. But the idea that we immediately retreat to panic as our default response is not a way to live.
No question about it. We're speaking to Dr. Kelly Victor. We're going to take your calls at 314-241-9797. That's 314-241-9797. You and I both had COVID. Uh, Interestingly, in my house, my husband lost his sense of taste and smell, had virtually no other symptoms, a little bit of a tickle in his nose. I got, you and I've discussed this, the viral load. I was flat on my back for two weeks. I never lost my sense of taste and smell. So the point being, different people had different symptoms the first time COVID came around. Absolutely. But what we have seen each step of the way, truly, Heidi, is that the mutations, the different variants have become more contagious but less severe. People who had Delta in general had far less severe symptoms, and the mortality rate from Delta was a fraction of the mortality rate of the original uh, version of, of the virus. The, the thing where I think bets are off and where we cannot speak with authority, the wild card, if you will, is the vaccines. We know, for example, that people like you and I who had, who had uh, the virus earlier on, we didn't come down with Delta when Delta came along. People right. who have natural immunity have not gotten reinfected with any variant, Delta or otherwise, and there's no reason to believe that they will get infected, reinfected with Omicron or any subsequent variant. What you can't say that about is those people who are vaccinated, because we saw people who were fully vaccinated, including people with not only both of the initial shots, but then boosters have come down with Delta. And we don't know, I cannot say with any authority or any certainty, at least, how vaccinated people will respond to Omicron or subsequent variants. Because the spike protein, which is the only basis for vaccinated people's immunity, is on that singular spike protein, that spike protein is mutating. And it's likely to mutate its way out of being handled by the, by the vaccine. In other words, it will mutate its way such that antibodies that were produced to the vaccine simply aren't going to cover it. So I wouldn't be surprised if you see a rash of, quote, fully vaccinated people, boosters or not, come down with the Omicron variant. Yeah, we're speaking with Dr. Kelly Victory. To your point, my husband was at an event a couple of weeks ago, spent three hours at an event with about three people who came down with COVID shortly after. Somebody was there who had it, uh, not him, and he's already had COVID. He had no problems at all, zero. And to your point about uh, the immunity that we've, that's been tested in other uh, situations also, it's, it's just crazy. By the way, I love the fact that Pfizer and BioNTech are very quick to say that they can come up with a new vaccine in 100 days. A hundred days, isn't that great? Uh, yeah, uh, they're gonna pr- they're gonna prepare this vaccine within six weeks, and the first shipment within a hundred days. So I guess they're not gonna test this, doctor. Is that what what's happening now? <laughs> right, you're gonna have about fifteen minutes worth of safety data on it. And um, again, I am not anti-vaccine, but I'm highly respectful of the complexity of what it takes to make a vaccine and the complexity of manipulating the immune system. It takes years and years to do full safety testing on a vaccine before we know, number one, whether or not it is truly effective, number two, whether the immunity is lasting, and most importantly, number three, whether or not it has any untoward effects on things like the immune system in general, neurologic symptoms, autoimmune diseases, all of those sorts of things. So you can't possibly have that data in 100 days. We really have made a mockery of the entire pre-existing FDA system. 
Because if all of a sudden you can crank out a vaccine and bring it to market in 100 days, what the heck were they doing for all those decades and decades before? Why did it take them so damn long? Because That's absolutely true. Yeah, and the reason is, the reality is, you simply, there is no substitute, Heidi, for time in medicine. There's The only way you can get adequate safety data is to spend the time, put the time in, and actually look to see, are there going to be long-term impacts, for example, on fertility? And none of that can be done in 60 or 90 days. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Dr. Kelly Victory is with me. She's a board-certified physician, has been for 30 years. We're going to talk more about hashtag facts, not fear, Omicron. We'll take your calls at 314-241-9797. That's 314-241-9797. Coming right back, I'm Heidi Harris. This is 97.1 FM Talk. Hey, guess what, guys? If you can't get enough of me, and who could blame you? kidding if sunday night's not enough hey tomorrow i'll be filling in for the great annie fry noon to three right here on 97.1 fm talk so don't miss that she's got a great crew they were off for a couple of days for the holiday always a lot of fun filling in for the great annie fry so i'll be doing that tomorrow so don't miss it and of course every sunday night you can find me here seven to nine uh also check out my website heidiharris.com heidiharris.com I do a little video thing on there every day. I spend like 15 minutes talking about the headlines, things like that. Uh, and I post it on YouTube and then I put it on the Heidi Harris show, uh, HeidiHarris.com page. So don't worry about going everywhere else. HeidiHarris.com. You'll see it right there on the right. The videos, I call them headlines with Heidi on the left, my podcast. And if you missed my conversation tonight with Dr. Kelly Victory, I'll put that up on the podcast too. You'll be able to see that. Uh, many conversations I've had with her over the last couple of years about COVID. Dr. Kelly Victory is here. She's been a physician for 30 years, board certified, a trauma and emergency specialist, uh, just an amazing person who speaks out. And what's frustrating to me, Dr. Kelly, and I appreciate so much you being here. Let me do one more thing before we uh, continue our conversation. If you've got a question for Dr. Kelly Victory, 314-241-9797. That's 314-241-9797. You know, the thing, doctor, that bothers me the most is you are a very reasonable person. You're a person who's not anti-vaccine. You're not telling people not to get a vaccine. You're just asking questions. And yet you have been silenced. Your opinion is very difficult to come by. And a lot of people who are speaking out or asking questions like you are, have dealt with so much censorship. It's just insane. This has been really unprecedented, Heidi, in my 30 years as a practicing physician and in my entire career in public health. And frankly, it's very dangerous. We have always really uh, encouraged uh, and tried to, to foster de- a sense of debate certainly in science and in medicine, Uh, respectful debate, but vigorous, rigorous debate. That's how we come to the best decisions. It is rare that you get to the best answer in science by only listening to a singular voice. Uh, Really, behind closed doors, scientists and doctors have always argued these things out, debated it in the hallway, talked on the elevator. Well, what about this? What about this? Have you considered this approach? Why do you think that would work? And talked it out. It's really the foundation of medicine. So to all of a sudden say, no, not only can you not you know, debate it, we don't even want you to say the word. Should you talk about or even post an article about something or suggest that you know, hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin might work, or perhaps we should slow down the vaccine um, in initiative until we do more studies? 
anything of that sort is likely to land you kicked off of social media, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all of them. I've been censored from all of them. I've had multiple complaints against my medical license, you know, all of which you defend and say, this is insane. All I'm doing is suggesting that we ask questions. And I, you know, truly the old adage, I would rather have questions without answers than answers that can't be questioned. Absolutely right. We're speaking with Dr. Kelly Victory. That's the thing. I mean, we used to go get a second opinion. For heaven's sake, if you went to a dentist and said you needed to have three teeth pulled, you might go to another dentist for a second opinion. But now you've got so many people saying the same thing. And talk a little bit about that, Dr. Kelly Victory, the idea that people are all telling you the same thing because many of them are terrified to speak out because they're going to lose their license. I have a friend who's an anesthesiologist here in town who talked to me, gave me an earful the other day at an event. She said, I can't speak out. She said, I'll lose my ability to work. I mean, that's what's happening. No, absolutely. And frankly, I fault, unfortunately, my colleagues for not speaking out, because if everyone were willing to speak out and say what they know to be true, then what's happening to me and to the handful of others wouldn't happen. If people said, no, this is ridiculous, we're we're not going to silence these voices. Um, You know, when I, for example, I talk about natural immunity and the immunity that both you and I and millions of other Americans have to COVID, there are now a hundred. 130 plus published studies about natural immunity to COVID. Yet if you talk about that, they act as if I'm the one who's anti-science. Well, you know, this is ridiculous. There's never been a time when we haven't been willing to consider multiple approaches. I'm not anti-vaccine. You know that. I've had more vaccines than the average individual, and I've spent much of my career speaking and writing about the importance of vaccines. But why, I've asked the question, why are we taking that singular approach? Why can't we also talk about things like vitamin D and losing weight and the other things we know that decrease your risk of ever getting COVID in the first place? Why just a, a focus on vaccines? Why can't we talk about the fact that children are at essentially a zero risk from COVID? Why would we risk giving them a poorly or minimally tested vaccine when they're at such low risk from the disease itself. These things really, if you're a thinking person, you've got to ask why. And the fact that my colleagues have been unwilling to, and many of them say to me the same thing. They say, you know, at a cocktail party, they're happy to say, you know, look, I fully agree with you, but I mean, I got a mortgage to pay. And I'm thinking, and I don't. You know, I don't, you know, I mean, we all have a mortgage to pay Um, and we we all risk these, the slings and arrows. But if, you know, I look at my colleagues and say, hey, I sat next to you in virology and epidemiology, you know, this isn't right. You know, this stuff is a bunch of hooey, what they're saying. You know that natural immunity, you know, is, is lasting for this type of a virus. You know that we need more time to test these vaccines. Why are you going along with this? And the idea that people are terrified of being censored, we have allowed cancel culture to take on a life of its own. It's very, very dangerous. Yeah. And let's face it, Dr. Kelly Victory, it's a lack of moral courage. I mean, it is. You know better, and you refuse to speak out some of these doctors, and that's that's what makes you crazy. Let's take a couple of calls here. Jackie, welcome to the Heidi Harris Show. You're on with Dr. Kelly Victory. Hello, ladies. Thank you. And Dr. Sure. Victory, I always enjoy you on the show. Well, thank so you. My question, you're welcome. My question is about natural immunity. So I have it. A friend of mine had it who did get vaccinated, had both shots, Pfizer, I believe, and recently had the booster. 
how is that affecting natural immunity for people? So you, are you asking people who had who got vaccinated then and then go on to get COVID? No, who had COVID before they got vaccinated. Her and I had COVID at the same time okay. one year ago. Okay. Well, if the, the people who already had existing natural immunities, anybody who had COVID and then chooses for reasons unclear to, but you know, for whatever reason, go uh-huh. make the choice to go on and get vaccinated, they should still have good immunity. The vaccine shouldn't undo, as it were, their, their natural immunity. Um, it's really people who hadn't already been exposed to it who get vaccinated have kind of put themselves in a, in a bad position because those people seem to not be mounting the proper and adequate immune response when they then go and face the virus. And that's why they're ending up with these breakthrough cases. And we don't know if the immune response they they form then is going to be adequate to keep them from getting different variations or variants down the road. Um, But if you had COVID and then went on to get vaccinated, you face whatever possible adverse effects you might have from the vaccine itself. uh, And those unfortunately are multiple, but it shouldn't mm-hmm. screw up your your ability to uh, to have natural immunity to COVID. Great question, okay. Jackie. Thank, Thank you. you. Appreciate that very much. Yeah, it's, it, talk about ADE. That's the antibody dependent. What was you and I've discussed Enhancement. it before? Enhancement. Enhancement. Talk a little bit about that. Well, it's a very complex uh, process, Heidi. But what ADE is, antibody dependent enhancement is, is it means that some vaccines. Um, for reasons that aren't entirely clear, largely because they are what we call non-sterilizing, meaning they don't actually keep you from getting the virus uh, like these. They, like these, these vaccines do not keep you from getting the virus. That's right. Mm-hmm. In, some, in some cases, vaccines that fall into that category, rather than actually causing you to develop antibodies that fight off the virus, those antibodies kind of act as turncoats and they help the virus get into the cell. They actually enhance its ability to infect the cell. Uh, This happened with the dengue uh, fever vaccine, for example, uh, that was launched in the Philippines some years ago that resulted in the deaths of hundreds and hundreds of children because when they actually came, they got vaccinated and then when they came into, were exposed to the virus, rather than those antibodies that they had developed from the vaccine fighting off the virus, they helped the virus get into the cells and people got sicker than they otherwise would have and died. Uh, So ADE is a very concerning uh, piece of any vaccine and certainly a vaccine like these that uh, these vaccines that don't end up keeping you from contracting the virus. You know, initially we were told you may recall by Pfizer and Moderna and J&J that all of their vaccines were 96, 97 percent effective, right? Um, except that they ended up not being that. It quickly, the effectiveness fell from the 90s to the 70s to well below 50 percent, and we started seeing all of these breakthrough cases. So then their answer was, well, maybe a booster. Well, the boosters aren't doing any, any better than the originals did, and there's no reason to believe that multiple boosters will, will do that either. So I, my viewpoint on this is that there's a reason, number one, we have never, we don't launch vaccine initiatives during an active outbreak. 
And we certainly don't launch non-sterilizing vaccines, the type that don't keep you from actually getting the, the virus because you can drive viral mutations more quickly than you otherwise would. And people end up succumbing to those viral mutations. The vaccinated people do. So I think we would be far smarter to focus on early treatment, the huge cocktail of medications that we know that are safe and effective, uh, inexpensive, that work against COVID, and then really coach people on the things they can do to enhance the functioning of their own immune systems. Most people, 95% of people who come into contact with COVID will have a very mild course of it. And the great news is after that, they'll have natural immunity. That's how we're going to get out of this pandemic. We cannot vaccinate our way out of this pandemic. Well, unlike what uh, Dr. Fauci is constantly saying, because I guess they need more yachts in the uh, public health sector. I don't know. Let me grab another phone yeah. call here. Pam, you're on the line with the Heidi Harris Show with Dr. Kelly Victory. How are you doing, Pam? Hi, good evening, ladies. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. Um, so, um, doctor, I think you may have just answered my initial question. I had two, actually. One, the, so the initial question was that I think you just answered was, when do you think the COVID vaccine will be incorporated into the uh, traditional annual flu shot? But I think you pretty much answered that by uh, saying it's going to be a while. <laughs> yeah, and hopefully, truly, I, I, I hope that they don't go down that road for a number of reasons. Again, I am not anti-vaccine. I have significant concerns about these vaccines. The safety profiles are not good. We are seeing an alarming number of adverse events, specifically with relationship to, to things, uh, cardiac issues in particular, and clotting, blood clotting issues. And I think that way more time needs to get behind us before we start mandating these for anyone. Uh, and again, particularly given that most people are not at huge risk from COVID. Most people aren't at significant risk at all. Certainly children aren't. And when you add that to the fact that we have this very safe, highly effective group of medications that we can use, I think we'd be better going a different route with regard to how we are handling this COVID outbreak. Um, so I certainly hope they don't incorporate this into any other uh, vaccine program, influenza or otherwise. Pam, Great. did you have another well, question? Did you I say did. another question? Yeah, I did. So um, to kind of reverse Jackie's question earlier, um, so my husband actually passed away from COVID. And, Ugh. like, I slept with him, right? And then after he passed away, then one of our kids got it as well. But I never did. But I did get the uh, shots. So I did get go ahead and get the Moderna shot so that I could visit my mother in the nursing home. I took did it under duress, but whatever. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> so my question is, is it too late to be tested to see if I have natural immunity or do you have to have COVID and be diagnosed with COVID to be able to know that you have them? Well, great questions. First of all, I'm, I'm horribly sorry to hear about your yeah, husband. Terrible. Um, uh, and uh, did, did he, did he have under, other underlying health conditions of any sort? Well, was my question is, does that really matter? He died from COVID, you know? Well, um, only because... No, you know, no, only only because the reason I ask is because you may actually have had COVID, and and, and ah. because many many people many people have had COVID and don't realize it because their symptoms were so mild. So you're saying you didn't have it. 
but you may actually have had it because and we'd not be atypical so you you know you sniffle for a day or you cough for a day or you know you may have had very very mild symptoms the issue is now that you've been vaccinated it makes it very hard to get tested because there's no way to say whether the antibodies that they may pick up or T-cell immunity that they may pick up, whether or not that came from the native virus that you may have had or from the vaccine. So that's the only reason I ask. So because you may well have had COVID and the fact that, you know, you just had mild symptomatology from it. Um, So there'd be no way to sort it out once you've been vaccinated. Thank you. And I'm sorry, I didn't mean to sound uh, disrespectful to your question. But no, 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 I understand. Was, I just want you to understand why I'm asking, because many people I suspect have had COVID and they just had such mild symptoms. And that's what, for example, to give you, we've had somewhere in the range of 48 million Americans have tested positive for COVID. The CDC themselves, they estimate that that somewhere initially they were saying six to eight times as many people. Now they're saying somewhere around five times as many people they think have actually had COVID than mm-hmm. were ever tested positive, specifically because so many people had mild or no symptoms. Anthony Fauci himself predicts that 40% of kids who've had COVID have had not one symptom. That's per Dr. Right. Fauci. So yeah. I suspect that truly the, the millions of Americans who've had uh, have had and recovered from COVID is probably closer to 200 million rather than the 48 million that have tested positive. Yeah, that's, pro- that's true. Pam, thanks yeah. for the call. I'm so sorry Thank about you, your lady. husband. I'm Thank so you. sorry. Bye-bye. Yeah, it's terrible. It's a, you know, and you know, it's interesting too. Dr. Kelly Victory, we speak of Dr. Kelly Victory, board certified physician for 30 years. You know, the other thing, like in the case of my husband and me, he's not on record as having had COVID. I know entire families right. who've had COVID because one person is on record. The rest of the family got it. They all had the same symptoms. So to your point, at least like what they're saying, five times more, maybe more than that have actually had it. Listen, I don't want to abuse you on a Sunday night. Thank you for being here, Dr. Kelly, as always. For those who missed it, I'm going to post this up on the HeidiHarris.com website tomorrow on my podcast. So appreciate you. You joined me for, what, 23 months of the two weeks to flatten the curve? Absolutely. <laughs> Happy to do it anytime, Heidi. All right. So we'll, we'll see what the next scare thing is by next week. Thank you very much, Dr. Kelly. You can follow her on Twitter while she's still on, although sometimes she's a bad girl and she gets banned temporarily. Uh, at Dr. Kelly Victory, just like it sounds. Great talking to you again. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Heidi. Talk soon. Yes, thanks. Yeah, she's she's yeah, she's like me. She gets banned every once in a while. <laughs> I got banned completely off my old Twitter thing. I've got a new one. It's Heidiology. You can follow me there. H e i d i o l o g y. I had another one uh, that they you know banned me off of. I don't I don't know what I did. You know who knows what some triggered brat in Silicon Valley didn't want to hear or see. You know, it's so funny, too, because there are people who get accused of misinformation, right? They're giving misinformation. I did a conversation with Kelly Victory one time. We did it on a live streaming thing, two of us. Put it on YouTube. They took it down within an hour. They said it was medical misinformation. It's not medical. If you don't believe it, you don't have to. She's not telling you what to do. She's never done that. She's not telling you not to get a vaccine. She's never done that either. We're asking questions. And you know what's been funny to me, and I'm sure a lot of other talk show hosts, I know some who are terrified to talk about this at all, but I know some talk show hosts who've talked about this, and then some of their listeners will get mad at them. Well, why are you talking about it? Well, wait a minute. Hold on. Let me get this straight. As a talk show host, I personally feel, and I think many others do, that it's our job to kind of, you know, put your finger in the air and go, wait a minute, that's not right. 
where's the money going to go? Later on in the show, we're going to talk about this tremendous lawsuit with the NFL and the St. Louis Rams, formerly St. Louis Rams, and how much money the NFL is going to uh, supposedly we're going to get now in St. Louis. But then, you know, there are people already fighting over the money. So the question is going to be, what are they going to do with the money? Oh, you can ask that question. What's the mayor doing? What is Sam Page doing? What is What's happening here? What's happening there? There's always something going on. That's what we do in talk radio. We're like the town criers. That's how I picture myself. I don't picture myself as any kind of famous person or anything like that. I'm like a town crier. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. What are they doing? That's what we do. That's what we do. And so when people get upset about us for asking those questions, we're just doing what we do. That's how we're wired. We ask questions. If something doesn't seem right, doesn't smell right, everybody's saying this is the right thing. And we just go, wait a minute, hold on a second. I just, I, I just have a couple of questions here. <laughs> they want to squash you like a bug. Oh, my gosh. All right, coming up next hour, much more to get to. With the, we'll talk about the Rams lawsuit and these job hoppers. Apparently, there are people really job hopping now. We'll tell you which group of folks is job hopping the most. It's pretty interesting. That much more coming up. Uh, next, we'll talk about the Lincoln Project. Remember this group, this anti-Trump group? A lot of people are getting disgusted with them now, and I can understand why. Both sides, finally. Are discussed it with and we'll talk about uh, the controversy involving Trump running in 2024 and more coming up here next on the Heidi Harris Show 97.1 FM Talk. Okay, gang, so you'll have to catch my live Sunday show, 97.1 FM Talk in St. Louis, 7 to 9 p.m. St. Louis time. Also, don't forget to check out these podcasts. I do them a couple of times a week, and I put sometimes part of the show on, sometimes interviews I do additionally. It just depends. And don't forget to also check out my headlines with Heidi. I do that every weekday morning. I do about a 15-minute video. I do it on Heidi Harris Show Facebook page, Heidi Harris Show. And I also post it to YouTube, the Heidi Harris Show, Heidi Harris Show, Heidi Harris Show. If you forget everything I just said, check out HeidiHarris.com where I post the podcast, the videos, all that stuff. Check it all out. Until we meet again, remember, you were created for a purpose. Here's Tony Scottwell. Scottwell.